Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, this is a show, show 230 two something I think we agreed. Uh, uh, Graham, any, any advances on 230 something? <laughs> 237 237 237 I've got both both Claire and Graham holding fingers up to me on the screen now and it's uh, I know this is an audio only podcast but I am getting lots of visual cues from my colleagues and and partners in the podcast and uh, yes and and Graham's gone all childish (laughs) I won't describe that for our audio listeners I would like to preserve some of the mystique that the Sunny 16 is a well organised and produced show (laughs) I think it's a bit late uh, for that. At which point, I think I'll introduce Claire first, because mm. she's definitely more helpful. <laughs> hey, Claire, how are uh, you doing? <laughs> evening, Aid. Um, as always, lovely to be here from a, a gusting gale force, rainy evening on Anglesey. <laughs> it is kind of like a big rock, Anglesey, isn't it? Do you live on, a, on top of the rock or are you in a sheltered part? <gasps> I'm. Oh, well, it's all very quite open. Um, yeah, so I'm um, quite west of the island. Yeah, west is the best. <laughs> I don't suppose you can get much further west. Uh, well, my hometown, you? yeah, Holyhead is like the island off the islands because there's like a causeway. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. So do, is it? Is it? Do, do you think of yourselves as part of the mainland of? I guess you'd have to say Great Britain because, of course, UK and I. Uh, sorry, uh, UK includes Northern Ireland for for those that are not UK residents. Um, do you consider yourself part of the mainland, or do you think yourself a little bit sort of distant because it's like a bridge and stuff, isn't there? Yeah, I'm an islander. <laughs> You're an islander. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, fair enough that's all good no just just for cultural reference you know so i can be polite and respectful yeah no and also disrespectful yeah i have i have i have jokes with friends who um live across the you know across the bridge into gwyneth which is the next county along and um we have a lot of jokes um it's usually much worse weather in gwyneth so i always call it grim gwyneth and (laughs) we just have some in jokes but it's all lovely actually i'm really spoiled because you know, we've got the beautiful beaches and the open skies and, you know, set heaven on Anglesey. And then you cross the bridge and you've got all the lovely mountains. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm so lucky, really, where I where I live. It yeah. does always look very tropical in your photographs. So that is the <laughs> mental image I carry of, of Anglesey. Is it's all beaches and, and tropical sunshine and <clears throat> stuff like that. So You've been sold and, a lie. <laughs> and a lot of people dressed up as spies for some reason. Oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, femme fatales. Apparently, your whole island is top full of femme fatales. Is it? There you go, AC. When you come. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm across the. Uh, is it the Menai Straits? Yeah, and, and come visit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Graham's got a fond, wistful look in his eye because you're from that part of the world almost as well, aren't you? Yeah, I grew up in Grim Gwynedd, um, and <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a fair description, actually. Oh, uh, I'm sure I've... It's, it's lovely, really. I, I'm only teasing. It's no, really... no, no. It's. A, I mean, I remember visiting sort of many years later, going back to I don't know whether my parents were still there or not at the time, but I picked up a postcard to get for a friend, and I've probably mentioned it on here before, but I just love this postcard because it really sums up what it was like growing up in North Wales. It's just a picture. That said, um, winter in Wales. It's these pictures of this sheep just huddled under, the, you know, in pouring rain. Just, and then it says <laughs> summer in Wales, and it's just the same picture. <laughs> that that really sums it up for me. But yeah, growing up amongst the mountains there, I, I do feel wistful about that because mm. where I live now, it is as flat as a pancake. And it's quite flat around your way, isn't it? <laughs> it? Yeah, we have a road going up behind me. 
called Mount Owen Road. And it is this pathetic incline. Molehills have a steeper gradient to it. Um, but <laughs> that's what we get to call Mount Owen around here. It's it's not right. Not right at all. But there you go. Mm. What are you going to do? Yeah. Living in the <laughs> flatlands. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you can go and visit the 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 peaks and the highlands, can't you? So yeah, at some point in at some indefined point in the future, oh, or maybe yeah. after the twenty first of April or something like that. I don't. Uh, I forget. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at some point in the future. I, I don't know when the roadmap said we're allowed to go back into Wales. I'm not sure whether that's ever allowed to happen again. Is it? <laughs> I think that I think you built a wall. Let's keep permanently out. I suppose, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it's all di- that's, that's a good point, isn't it? It's different rules, isn't it, from between mm-hmm. England and Wales? It's, uh, yeah, we're, we're, the good news for us last night in all the announcements was that our children can go back to school. Which, oh, <laughs> yes, hallelujah. Yeah, we'll so I'm not sure who's dreadfully. more pleased, us or them, you know. It's just like they, they were like, yeah, they stayed up, not stayed up because it was only about seven o'clock in the evening, but they purposely, like, we sat in as a family. They were so excited because they'd heard that they were going to be allowed to go back to school and they didn't have to hang out with their parents all day anymore. And so they stayed and watched the Prime Minister announce it. He's aged. <laughs> I mean, you would. I'll tell you what, I know this is supposed to be a photography podcast. That's yeah. what I can make that about. I wouldn't want to be the official photographer for Boris. Johnson right now he's had a tough year hasn't he really he's, looking, yeah. he's not looking himself no no I think this last 12 months would age anybody but um, especially somebody who arguably had quite a lot of aging that maybe he should have done before becoming prime minister so <laughs> yeah that or growing up yeah yeah, yeah exactly um where it's yeah, listeners will probably already know so the, this was supposed to be our host our monthly hostful show um we're a little host like this evening aren't we? we've we seen all our co-hosts this evening it's been very lovely briefly yeah, but two of them are. are let's let's just be nice and say neither of them are in a fit state to join us. <laughs> no, no, poor John. He's um, uh, on full time sole parent care at the moment, um, and uh, you could tell he looks it. Um, and yeah, Rape also was wasn't looking her freshest when we saw her. Now, mo- many people listening will know the reason for that already if they've listened to the one we put, the show we put out on Sunday sixteen presents. Um, but if you haven't, then uh, you have to wait to later on the show to find out. Because, um, yeah, teasers. <laughs> we like teasers, right? Oh, teasers. Okay, that implies that we've got some content to come before we get to that bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, should we start off <laughs> with what you've been doing, Aid? Because you've been doing some fun stuff with John before he got absolutely parented to death. Oh, well, there is that. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, John and I have been preparing, um, I think, what do we call it? We're in pre-production, possibly, or, mm-hmm. or pilot stage uh, uh, for our, yeah. our shiny get new... up. Our shiny new Sunny 16 Presents podcast, which is going to be video as well as audio, uh, because uh, mm. it has a name, which is cool as well. I don't think the last time we spoke about this, it had a name. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it got... had anything other than a, <laughs> a hope and a dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's how all the best podcasts start <laughs> so we so yeah john and i have been working on what is now known as the lighting lounge podcast and this is going to be uh, a, a regular um we're not quite sure how frequent yet but it's definitely going to be regular and ongoing podcast about lighting all things to do with lighting uh it could be a picture you made it could be a picture i made it could be about an actual light it could have been about it could be about famous photographers who make use of natural light and for some reason whenever i say that the name that comes to mind is fan ho 
you know, uh, and you know, ev everybody who knows Fran Harris' work will, will recognise that it it uh, it is all about the light, isn't it? You know, um, or at least a large part of it is about the light. Then you know, so so our lighting lounge podcast isn't necessarily going to be about artificial light all the time, although there will be a chunk of that because John and I are both looking forward to doing that. And uh, yeah, there'll be stuff to see as well. Um, so definitely want to check out on the YouTube channel uh, as well as listening to it audio and we'll make sure that we you know people can get to uh, any images and things that we discuss you know uh, whilst listening to an audio link as well so uh, yeah we've had lots of pre-production conversations uh we have we've had a pilot or a trial run or a show zero um we, we i think john is just putting the finishing touches to the post-production of that one uh so watch this space it'll be out in the not too distant future and generally speaking we're intending to have a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> sounds good could mm -hmm. dare i ask what you what you did in the first in show zero mm -hmm. We did what all good show zeros do. Um, we we sat around uh, and we said, "Yeah, so here's us, and uh, and we're going to do some stuff, and uh, we're not quite sure what it is yet, um, but it'll have something to do with lighting." And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, this is a show zero, not a show one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, it is. Yeah, yeah. Let's, maybe we should try thinking about some content for it. Well, possibly we should. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And, and that's pretty much it verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. You, you basically heard it now. <laughs> your lighting this evening um, is great, Aid. You're looking really um, L.A. Noir there. Well, thank you very much. For listeners, yeah, um, Aid is looking spectacular this evening with mm. his lighting. So we're already having fun. This is this is part of the pre-production, you know, camera tests. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, and so yeah, I, I've got a, a, a just a, a, a bog standard, you know, tungsten white light as my key light and in the background right now it, you wouldn't believe it looking at it on camera where it looks blue but it's actually purple so it's just almost it's almost magenta actually so there's something mm -hmm. to do with the white balance on my camera is changing it from magenta to blue possibly because i'm using the tungsten light as the key um but expect all sorts of stuff like that um you know we're going to play mm -hmm. and we're going to learn uh, and we're going mm -hmm. to be spirited amateurs um, <laughs> yeah. definitely not going to be experts or professionals <laughs> i'm going to look forward to that because yeah. I, I was saying before the show i was just looking at myself um led versus softbox that's what i was looking at before i came on this evening so i look forward to maybe a, a, a an episode with you and john demonstrating <laughs> yeah yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be great this is you know uh although you know i don't really have the camera bugging perhaps mm. some of the way uh, uh some of our friends and, and colleagues um especially i suppose <laughs> jeff and gabe um, yeah. <laughs> uh, i don't don't you know but the i definitely have the lighting equivalent of the camera bug mm. definitely yeah you can never have too many lights of different types and play with them and stuff like that mm. so it's um yeah really looking forward to diving down the rabbit hole Mm. following up from what claire was just saying i mean she's obviously got something that she's particularly interested in will you be open to like listener questions and exploring what they want that you know that kind of thing oh, of course yeah so yeah and and you know and all sorts of stuff and we'll talk about talk about lighting for photography uh yeah mm. we, and we can talk about constant lighting versus you know flash or strobe mm. lighting we can talk about lighting for, for maybe for cinema and, and tv and moving picture and videos mm. that people might make um you know uh, happy to take a, a spirited amateur approach to anything that the listeners want to hear 
<laughs> so if 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 people want to write in with questions, thoughts, mostly questions, I guess, where do you want to send those to? Aid. I'll send them to John at Sunny Sixty Podcast because <laughs> <laughs> he's not here, so he can take the actions. He can't be bothered to turn up. He can take the actions. Actually, no, no. Um, it's so uh, you know. I, I, I'm not much of a one for the social media, so so. Um, <laughs> As understatements go, send them to, uh, so, send so, them to Sunny Sixteen Presents at gmail That's a good place that doesn't get a load of other stuff. That would in be there. a re- that would be a really good one, actually. Mm. Yes, and yes. John can see um, those there. So yeah, you, you can ping me on Twitter. So about the only social media I do is is Twitter, and I, I'm at aid nine six eight on Twitter. Um, so very happy to pick stuff up there and have conversations. Very happy to receive emails. Um, you know. Or, or yeah, or 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 voices, I guess. Yeah, voice messages can be sent in, and we Yella can add those to the... in the street. <laughs> yes, yes, by all means. Um, From six you know, feet people, away, obviously. People need an outlet, don't they? Mm. These days, if you want to send me a voicemail yelling at me, that's that's perfectly okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. We'll we'll stick them in the show. <laughs> Yeah, we ought. That's the thing we ought to do more of is getting more people sending in voice messages. Maybe we'll. Yeah, maybe we'll. Wait, maybe. Um, actually, Claire, because you you were just saying about the lighting for Softbox versus Fashion, mm. is this because of your preparation for your twelve twelve project that you're thinking about this stuff? No, um, I, I'm well, not for this. Um, this sh- the the upcoming shoot I'm doing at the end of the week. Um, which I'll mention in a, in a moment. Um, no, I'm just really, I love lighting. And so I'm interested in indoor lighting and, you know, like I've been doing turning my, turning my lounge into a set. Um, also taking lights outside as well, LEDs outside, neon outside. Ooh, LEDs just, outside, yeah. Yeah, LEDs outside, neon outside. So I'm just, I, I think like Aid, I love lighting. So I'll definitely be tuning in and, I am genuinely curious as to softbox versus versus LEDs and uh, you know versus gels and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, and I was saying to and Aid is because he is looking very LA noir this evening, and he's looking he's looking <clears throat> lovely blue. I just watched um, Manhunter, and you know Michael Mann's Manhunter. And I'm a great believer, you know, I love I love films like we all do. And I think you can learn so much. And that film, apart from being a great story, really good story, um, I've, I haven't seen the film for a while, so it's from 1986, and it's a serial killer film. Um, but it's just beautiful. I mean, the cinematography in that film is incredible. Um, it's got a lot of close, really beautiful close-up shots, Um really interesting angles um the composition is incredible the architecture in the film is incredible and then the use of lighting in that film alone um i recommend you watch it aid if you haven't already because michael mann uses different colors um almost to kind of tell his stories in these different colors so he uses a lot of blue some of the scenes are all in blue lights then there's green lights and purple lights and then there's also some you know beautiful natural light from from the from the um the the evening 
sky it's so atmospheric but it's it's a it's it's really great film really great cinematography that's giving me an, um, another idea for stuff we can cover in lighting lounge is is because light isn't just one color is it? it's not just mm. white there are lots of different colors and yeah you know, and yeah. and often those often the the coloring in a film of course but as well as being you know very very thoughtfully designed is is, is achieved through the lighting you know, yeah yeah if honestly just for the lighting alone you could watch you could watch that film um it's beautiful yeah and it's got good music as well so yeah there you go a film from 1986 with good music honestly the soundtrack (laughs) yeah there's one or two tracks that you know if you but no it's great soundtrack i just loved everything about that film (laughs) Um, and i felt like you know watch it for the composition for you know amazing manhunter i want to ask you just quickly about this but both your don't watch it on your own okay (laughs) It's, it's a date I night it film. And then I was like, and I was like, I've got to go to bed now. And I was like in my bedroom thinking, oh my goodness, maybe the <laughs> two fairies outside with the with the um, the glass cutter. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> not one to watch before you go to bed. <laughs> On the subject of composition, because I mean, I know we, yeah. we talk about you know looking to films for compositional ideas and stuff. But mm-hmm. the thing is that a film has the whole film to tell its story in. Whereas when you're taking a photograph you're usually trying to convey more information in a still shot mm. do you think it's easy uh, well actually i suppose not necessarily do you think it's easy to find inspiration in films for that or to con- or to convert that but are there certain films that you guys think that do more with telling a story in a single shot scene in the way that we kind of have to do with photography if you froze, I guarantee you, if you watched Manhunter, as I was talking about it, frame by frame, each of those frames will tell you a story because all the elements are just perfect. You know, the composition, the lighting, the acting, obviously, the expressions from the actors. So if you just, if you, even if you got rid of the sound and just watched it frame by frame and you know, it and, and said right okay like it like a still it's just yeah it's really great i mean i it's not like i don't believe you claire but it's that i am beginning to realize that you're <laughs> when it comes to film critique you have to, you're you're like a switch either something is perfect or it is hot garbage and you won't watch it and there isn't any middle ground oh, no 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 <laughs> i don't i i watch i, I watch loads you know i lo- i i love like tv movies um, I like the ones you get in daytime, you know, daytime TV with the old actresses from Charlie's Angels. And I love, I love all sorts. I think, you know, lots of things. I, I don't think there's, it's rare I won't watch anything, but this was just captivating on all levels. And, I, you know, from a photography point of view, just watch it and, and, and just see what, you know, how, how that story is told and just see it with your thinking about composition, thinking about light said honestly it won't disappoint you i will give it a watch okay, you yeah. saw me you saw me add it to my list earlier on when you yeah, first mentioned yeah, it earlier yeah, on you saw yeah. me adding it to my list of movies yeah. to watch so i mm. will uh, that that list is getting longer at the moment rather than shorter which is a bit unfortunate but it also but it's also good uh, it just mm. means i'm not watching enough movies or not as many as i'd like yeah well <laughs> as i already discussed with you guys before we started i did take claire tip and you know your favorite and obviously it wouldn't be a 2016 podcast if we didn't take the words david lynch at some point so i did watch the mm. david lynch film this week <laughs> i did watch dune i don't think dune was a very good film i think looking back on it i think it was had some very cool things about it but as a film as a whole i don't think it was very good so 
Argument. That's kind of, it is a film that answers the question that you just asked though, which is, you know, do you use lighting in support of narrative? Well, well I'm paraphrasing there. At least I th- you said something like that. Is mm. how, how do you tell a story with the lighting? Mm. You, the, the movie Dune definitely has some of that in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and there, yeah. And there are others as well that you, that perhaps, and, and I'm only learning about this. I don't know much about it. I have to say, but um, you know, there, there are others, especially when you think of the, you know, the, the color of light and what color means and, and what mm. emotion, color will drive mm. in lighting and mm. you'll often find for example that um you know uh you know it, it and some of it is the old classics from you know that the appeal to your, your reptile brain it's like red means danger right yeah you know, mm. and you know uh, and you know thing, things like that um uh, but some of it is not that some of it is the is the other way around or or it is different i mean you can say that large chunks of blade runner 2049 are bright orange um it, that is, that's not actually true but sometimes when you see the stills from that movie it looks like the whole movie must have been shot with just one big orange light mm. um but then then there are other movies like um is it hurt locker think so so hurt locker is a movie set in uh, in a war zone in the, in mm. the middle east I, and forgive me it's years since i've watched it so i can't remember exactly where it's set um and of course the 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 the, the scenes where the the characters are in danger they're shot outdoors because they're in towns and of course yeah the, it has that you know somewhat cliched view of, of of towns in, in the desert you know it's all very sand colored mm. and, and what have you and so you can't really use red as a, as a lighting schema for danger there because it, it's all you know it's very bright and it's all um it, it's all sort of sand colored and yet what they do is for the state so they flip the color uh, and the the safety the color that sh- it, it, uh, designates safety is actually a blue color in the mm. hurt locker mm. and uh it is uh, and it's it's set sort of inside in 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 the friendly base where the soldiers all come from you know and and the lighting in there is all set to blue it's a very different color scheme for that and you've got the lighting and the color that shows the difference between danger and safety mm. and things like that and so the, there's all sorts of things that are going on that as i say i i'm by no means an expert but i am really interested in all this stuff mm, definitely and, and June, Cal McLaughlin is great, fantastic in, in June. He's great, yeah, he's great. Yeah. And the costumes were great. <laughs> and some of the other bits were great on the whole. I mean, I know There's... people are going to write in and say I'm a, a monster for saying this, but June wasn't a good movie. Mm. <laughs> now, everybody has their... Pre- yeah, that, the thing is, it's personal taste, isn't it? I mean, I watched yeah. Tenet That's recently, and, and, and I thought Tenet was at best confusing. Right. Mm. Uh, this is the the the. Uh, I think it's still the the most recent film from Christopher Nolan because it only yeah. came out mm. last year. I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything since. Um, I, I just like, yeah, um, don't get it. <laughs> Doesn't really hang together. Um, yeah. <laughs> not not really very interested. Mm. And who on earth cast? Kenneth Branagh as a Russian billionaire terrorist because <laughs> that didn't work for me either. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to move on to Blue Velvet, Graham. I think no, Blue no, Velvet. I'll give that a go um, next. One last yeah. try. One last uh, try. Blue Velvet's a, a great film, but again, it's visually really interesting and the lighting and everything there. And then, then watch Mulholland Drive, which. I think is probably my favourite David Lynch film. If I remember rightly from uh, Blue Velvet, 
it's the the sets uh, are quite a feature of it as well, mm-hmm. aren't they? Because there is, is isn't there quite a lot of use of a white picket fence and a very cliched view of of family home and stuff like that? Because mm-hmm. that's the count. Is that I seem to remember this, but this is from years ago. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think we we I think we should. Um... That's Graham should be his like task to watch Blue Velvet and. Uh, I'd be, need to rewatch back. it actually yeah. if we're going to have yeah. a co- oh, if we're actually going to yeah. have a conversation of it because I only have sort of I'm at that yeah. stage now where yeah. I just have fractured images of yeah. it really and I can't. I think you'd re- really yeah. I think you'd really enjoy it, Aid. Um, and again, you know, his uh, from a lighting point of view, I think his lighting is always superb. Mm. I'll check in it my, out. In my view, yeah, Blue Velvet. All right, Dragon It Kicking and Screwing back to photography, mm. though, Claire. Tell us about your, the rest of your week, which has been your uh, adventures so, trying to get hold of film and get ready for your 12-12 yeah. shoot. So um, I suppose for um, this will only be um, relevant for for listeners in, in the UK, really, but um, they might have noticed, like me, if you're ordering any film stock from Europe, Um I think probably because of the obviously the Brexit changes and um, COVID on top. Because I've heard some some countries aren't able to post. I think in in uh, post into the UK. I don't know. Um, I've had real trouble getting getting film. Um, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's temporary. You know, it's it's like film that I can order and it takes usually three days to get to me or four days has now suddenly taken like four or five weeks, you know? So I'm hoping that's not, yeah. So I'm hoping that's not going to be a long-term issue. Um, And I'm hearing different, different things from different people. So um, yeah, so it's just about really being, you know, trying to source and and buy, buy as local as I can really. So I did my, I did a, I did an order with um, Analog Wonderland uh, for the first time. And that came, really nicely packaged as well so yeah so so that was uh, at least at least it did arrive there at least my parcel of film did arrive um because it was a couple of hundred pounds worth of stock and i was getting a bit panicked you know um it, but it took about five five weeks so mm. and you were saying it was really wow. expensive to get it delivered as well this time um no it was just the time no, but the time. um and I, I, a friend of mine had ordered um, some film. Uh, I can't remember what they got now, but they had to pay. They had to whatever they got. Um, they had to pay quite a hefty import uh, uh, yeah. import tax. You know, so it's all those things to consider, isn't it? Um, so I don't know if it's teething problems and it'll settle down, but mm, sadly, it's just it is. Yeah, it's the just duty a change, won't you know. will it? The duty and the import tax. The duty, is gonna be, but the whatever's um, going on with the post, maybe it's um, it'll straighten out. I don't know. Let's hope so. Um, so, so that was one thing. Um, stressing about getting my film stock, um, and then I've been out because I've got the the, the next um, theme for the twelve twelve project is something out of place. So I was planning that. So I've got all my. So I have got my film for that um and in fact i've got my film for that got all my props all my all my, everything and i just did a recce of the place um where i'm going to shoot it which as i said i am really fortunate and i am only teasing um because gwyneth is as lovely as is uh, <laughs> as the island backtrack diff- backtrack yeah i am back i was i was i was genuinely joking i am really blessed you've got mountains and you've got open spaces but i am 
um, I found a lovely new place to um, to do my shooting the end of the week. Um, I'm, it look, it's saying that the weather's going to be good, bright, sunny, I hope so, because, you know, today's been gale force winds and rain. Um, and I'm going to be <clears throat> part forest. And uh, so part forest and part sea, basically, and um, beautiful, uh, beautiful, um, beautiful backdrops of views. So I've been got all my props together. I know what I'm doing. Um, so it's just I will be shooting instant film for that. But I'm also going to take some 35 mil cameras with me. And I was just thinking, talking of film stock, deciding to myself whether I should shoot at box speed or push the film, you know, whether I should shoot, I don't know, an 800 roll or push that to one stop or shoot 400, push it to 800. So why these are the thing. I don't know. I just felt like a change. I thought I might. And maybe if I push it, I might get even more saturated colors because I, I, I really like as much saturated colors as I can. I don't know. I mean, so this is what I was thinking. So mm. what, what film are you planning on using, Claire? Well, I've I've got a choice. Um, so, as you know, I love I do love Kodak films. So I've got my Kodak Kodak Gold Kodak mm -hmm. Color Plus. I've got um, some Portra eight hundred. Here it is. Very um, nice. Yeah. Um, I won't bother with the Fuji Suspiria. Superior, Superior. <laughs> Fuji Suspiria. <laughs> you in that yeah. film? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've got some, I've got Lamography 400, which I do love that film, film stock actually, but I think that is Kodak film, isn't it? Um, so I'm, I'm debating sure. which one and should I push it? Should I, like if I took the portrait, should I shoot it as the 800? Should I push it? What? So I'm just thinking through that actually. Why are you, shoot. have you seen results where it's been pushed that you've liked? Because I, I mean, I've seen, or have you thought of pulling it at all instead of pushing it? Because I wonder no, whether pulling it might I'm, give I'm, more saturation. Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I don't know why, but I had in my head, I, I think I might push it. <laughs> just for the sake of it, just push it. Just... <laughs> yeah, but I might not. I might shoot it at, at box speed. So, But that's interesting because I know some people don't like to go out. If they go out shooting, they don't like to go out with different cameras. They like to take one camera, focus on that. I know some friends, um, they find it too too stressful, but I'm going to take you know my instant camera, my Polaroid cameras, and some 35 mil with me. I thought I was getting over ambitious because I was even getting carried away thinking I might take my Super 8 camera, but I thought I'm going to be quite loaded down anyway with the, the stuff I'm actually taking out my props and stuff. So I've got to carry a table and everything, <laughs> a little table and everything. Yeah, you need so. a production assistant. Oh, I definitely and do. And a van. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yes. See, see, when you all come, I'll have planned a photo shoot on Anglesey and I'll... Uh, <laughs> when we all come, you'll be carrying my stuff for me. You can carry... Yes. Would you mind carrying um, this table, please? Would you mind carrying this chair? Yeah, so I'm planning that, um, planning that, hopefully shooting the end of the week and then um, the image that I select, hopefully I can get something that I like um, and that has to be ready for Sunday. Um yeah, so that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, I do think with the pushing stuff, like I, I would spend some time on Flickr or Instagram, specifically hunting out what people have done. Because yeah, I think just pushing it for the sake of pushing it, without any real clear idea of what you might get from it, just seems like a not great idea. <laughs> and, or, I mean, okay. and and also, 
it will um i mean if you you're going hoping for a really nice sunny day especially if you're using mm. the um 800 if you push that to 1600 you're going to start really limiting what you can do in terms mm. of um aperture. you can have to shoot everything pretty close down because you'll be um what's the yeah. five mil cameras that you're taking claire Oh, just my favourite cannons. Yeah. Okay. So they're good. They're good cameras. Yeah. But yeah, mm. like I said just, just because I don't think you can just default assume. Oh, if I push it, I'll get more saturation. I don't think it's. Mm. I don't think every film is going to respond in the same way. And yeah. also with some of them, when you push, you probably see some some shifts in the colour as well slightly. So mm. just go into it knowing what we'll you're going to get, or at least having an idea of what you're going to get out of it. Because if it's all nice mm. fresh film then at least hopefully the results, if you do push it, will be predictable. But Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's always going to get... You send your stuff away to be developed for colour, don't you? For colour, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to get all get yeah. developed at the same... No one's going to push, process it for you, so... Mm. Uh, well, I suppose they will if you send it to somewhere, a specialist and say, please, can you do this, but... Um, you give them a little note, isn't it? So yeah. a little note. But, um, yeah, that's cool. Anything else going on, Claire? Um... No, I think that's. I think that's. That's about it for this week. I don't know if you've Watching got notes just... or if you're just looking to see if there's anything going on <laughs> the side of your table. The side. But I have. I've really got. Um, after watching Manhunter, I straight away watched Heat. Then, so Manhunter's eighty six. Heat is ninety five. That was really good as well. And the signature kind of lighting's their age. Um, the signature use of colours and the lighting, and. Um, I'm going to watch another of his films next, The Keep, which I think is back in the early 80s. So I'm enjoying his films, learning from them. Having a bit of a binge of the one director, yeah? Yeah, it's quite nice because you get to see their kind of signature style, but Manhunter, just the composition, everything about that film, and a great story, you know? Scary. The actor who played, the, the, the Tooth Fairy was scary. And looks like oh, a yeah, but it's a good apparently. actually it's a good photography film because, um, you know, it, well I shouldn't do a spoiler but you know um, <laughs> the serial killer works in a photographic lab, um, so it's 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 from a photography point of view. There's a, yeah there's a photography element. Given you well, love... uh, you've totally, to totally done us out of the whodunit aspect yeah. of the movie. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it was him over there. <laughs> uh, given that you love films like this, Claire, um, but your photography is, it, it like it, it isn't of that style. Are you, do you? Can you see yourself going doing a series of stuff that is more reflective of that kind of thing, like a, a real shift in style for you to give something? What you mean, like the, the the nice neon lighting style? Yeah, kind of more thing. sort of. Is that what you mean? Yeah, moody and edgy and yeah. stuff like that, as opposed to the more dreamy and fantastical stuff that you've been doing. Um, I would love to be able to nail that kind of yeah, that neon noir look. Yeah, definitely, I love it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that seems like it might be a time when you're putting your Polaroid down. No, I don't think Polaroid's going to be oh, the tool oh, for no, that definitely. job. Well, you know, <laughs> rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. But um, definitely, you know, and especially with the COVID restrictions, because we've all had to think differently, haven't we? We've all had to do things differently. Um, so, you know, I have had to sort of think, OK, well, I've got this lounge. So... I'm going to have to make the best of what I've got and I'm going to turn my lounge into a set and I just move things around and I hang things up and I've got my lights and I'll try as best as I can to 
create a, a, a neon noir in my in my lounge. So we'll, well, I'll talk to John and we'll make sure we do a show about the difference yeah. between soft versus hard light. Then, yeah. because the 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 noir look often makes mm. use of harder lights, uh, yeah. you know, you know, stronger shadows and and you know, stronger yeah. contrast and things like that. And, so. uh, and the, the, the and maybe the use of gels versus, like I say, the LED, you know, gels versus yeah, and the neon and all that. So. Yeah, I mean, gelling is is yeah. Well, it, it's it's a it's it's a fantastic subject all in itself. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah whether you're talking about color correction gels or or whether you're talking about special effect gels, you know, for for actual colors and things like that. So it's, yeah, there's Putting a lot gels going on, on your there. Win- well. Gels on your windows maybe aid. You know, because if you yeah. if you if you watch the the Manhunter film, he uses a lot of blue. And some of the, I mean, the architecture, I keep saying this, is fantastic. They shoot on this, um, oh, it's one of the, who's the famous artist? Um, Robert Rauschenberg, is it? It's his house on a Florida beach. And it's like, oh, it's like a dream house. And um, I think he's, uh, I think blue gels have been stuck on the window to create that light. It's just, so yeah, gels. I'll be tuning into your. So you'll need you'll need to be considering how your 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 choice of film stock responds. Yeah. As well, because yeah, it's uh, I mean, depending on how it is that you 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 want to to run the the end to end image making process, and whether you want to get it all right on the film Mm. in the camera, or whether you're happy to indulge in post production effects and things like that. Because of course, there's a lot of that coloring you can do yeah. in post production digitally, um, but but that may not be what the process is that you want to use. I think um, I, I think for me, I always think if you can try and get as much in camera as you can, the bet all the better. Maybe try so, some sun, cine still then for your yeah, neon noir. I th- uh, yeah, because that that then will allow you to to have some control over mm-hmm. how colors appear. Um, mm. Well, actually, that's that's an unfair statement because all films are like do that. You just need to work out what you want to, yeah, yeah, what what effect you want to end up with, and, and which film stocks will get you there. But uh, I've got Cine still. I've got a few rolls and um, of thirty five mil mm. on one twenty, and I do like that film stock. And you know, I like a lot of other people's images. I I see. Um, unfortunately, unless I create, but that's a challenge. If I could create it in my lounge, because. I can't think of that many places where I live outdoors where I could go where you could get that kind of there's lots of like you know neons or lights that you could really capture. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm up. For, I'm up. For, if you and John could do a, I'd be grateful. There you go, an episode <laughs> on gels, and I'll be watching it, thinking, okay, how can I put these gels on my on my lounge window? And uh, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be turned into a Florida dream beach house, but. Um, you know, I can maybe try to get some sort of that's a, that's a lot of gel to gel a whole window. <laughs> that is uh, that's that's quite quite something. But uh, yeah, but I'll see. I think, I'll see what I we think can that's do. what they do. I did. If you if you have a look, um, I think that's what they did. Um, yeah. Hey. Well, I mean, if you've got their kind of budget, absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah no, it's, it's all it's all interesting and more importantly it's all fun as well so, mm. but yeah mm-hmm. well, cool graham we haven't heard much from you and what you've been up to um i have been mm, thrown <laughs> so uh, we don't very often talk about photography at camera gears we don't very often talk about photography well no we must talk about films mostly <laughs> but uh, we don't very often have gear focused conversations on this podcast um and like obviously last week, we had Vlad and Mark here talking about 
the, the Soviet cameras and all of that. And um, what it made me realise is that there's a reason we don't very often have that kind of conversation. It's because they're bad for me. Um, so <laughs> there's been quite a lot of fallout post have last week. Have you been week. a very bad boy? Oh, God. Um, so I have since last week bought two cameras. Um, <gasps> well, one, which, Shocking. <laughs> I know. Um, I've bought, And they're, they're both the same camera as well. This is the, that's the even worse thing. So, um, oh, you're like me. Anybody who listens to last week's show will know I asked the question, which camera would they most recommend as a good entry point into owning um, Soviet cameras? Which is a ridiculous question for me, as I already own several Soviet cameras. But that's by the <laughs> by. They, made, they named one I didn't have, the Zorky 4. So I was like, well, must fix that. Um, and so I have. I, I actually asked Mark after the show, so if you, do you, you know, if you see one around that you think is good, let me know I'd like to pick one up and he just happened to have one that he was selling for a friend I was like well I guess this was meant to happen so I bought that from Mark and then I saw another one cheap on eBay I was like well <laughs> if one's good two's better right um, yeah. but worse than that it's kind of got me but as I was saying to the guys before we started recording I've been pretty much eBay clean for like years now I, I mm. kicked the habit of just being on eBay and looking at cameras because like there's nothing I really want. I've got everything I want. I'm happy, and um, I, and nothing has changed apart from the fact that now I'm just spending a lot of time on eBay again looking at stuff. I suppose the prices have gone up, have they? Mm. Yeah, that's been really interesting, actually. It has, yeah, sort of spending as I have quite a lot of time and just looking how the trends are going. It's um, the point and shoots definitely seem to be the thing. I, it seems that. Almost any point and shoot now is worth a decent amount of money, and that can get to silly money quite quickly. Um, mm. But yeah, almost any point and shoot that isn't just an absolute piece of junk is going for 40, 50 pounds quite easily, and then upwards from there. Um, and yeah, everything's, it's not. It hasn't gone completely insane. I think things haven't spiraled completely out of control. You know, you get the odd few bits and pieces that have got very expensive, but um, you can. St- I think it's safe to say you can still get into the hobby. You can still pick up a nice SLR with a lens for under a hundred pounds and get something pretty good for that and um, get going with the hobby. Um, and there are cheaper things out there. You can pick up stuff cheaper, but it's not. There's not a lot of stuff out there and. You know what you get cheaper is going to be a bit more iffy, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, and yeah, as always, you see a lot of stuff. Just people are asking crazy prices for it as well, mm. but that just goes with the territory. It's you just have to hope that casual buyers don't go on, not do their research, and pay massively yeah. over the odds for stuff because mm. uh, there are certainly people out there charging over the odds for it. Mm. But yeah, like I said, it's it's been kind of interesting. Um, but I am finding myself as I'm as I'm just kind of hunting everywhere, thinking maybe I ought to investigate that. I before this evening I was looking at a hundred and twenty year old plate folding plate cameras, thinking maybe oh. that's the thing that I need. I'm not even sure how I'd go about <laughs> shooting that, but maybe I need a hundred and twenty year old plate camera, mm. folding plate camera. Um, so I'm uh, so far been pretty good. Only two cameras bought. If As I can... the saying goes, one's too many, ten's not enough. I know. <laughs> That's the problem, though. You, you you speak to people like Vlad and Mark and um, and Jeff and Gabe, and you're like, oh, they're putting bad, bad juju in my head. Although, there is a flip side to this. 
they are both also putting good things into my head because mm. um, obviously Mark was talking about the fact that he does a lot of work on his cameras and his very you know he does maintenance on them and, and services them and repairs them and stuff um and jeff and gabe on their last podcast episode five mm. uh were talking about um doing battery checks and stuff like that yeah that looks so, really good yeah that was, a whole, that was a whole deep conversation about yeah. batteries that was wasn't it yeah. i listened to that but, yeah. it, but wasn't it true it's true though about checking your batteries and yeah absolutely and so listening to both of those guys uh, or all of those guys talking has kind of inspired me this week one to go through and do a battery check of all mm. of my cameras i'm glad i did um one of the ones which i checked uh i think it was actually it's my um om1 uh i i hooked the battery out of that and you know, the battery was still working so i'm just gonna take it out as like oh this is just starting to actually get a bit of corrosion around so i hooked it out quickly and got that gone according to according to jeff and gabe you need a thingy yeah i need to <laughs> they, they, I, listening to to i dream of cameras this week um I have to say, never have I heard two people so much enjoy saying the word thingy so many times. Mm-hmm. And also, in so, certain so, way, sounding quite unpracticed. I don't think it's an American <laughs> word, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, hi, Jeff. Hi, Gabe. I very much enjoyed the thingy show. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. And that's definitely something that I've bumped up against whilst going through these. So, um, as well as checking batteries, I've also been... I. Because of my sudden need to go, oh, I'm looking at mm. Soviet cameras again. Mm. So um, I went into my box of cameras, which are not out on display, pulled out. I, I complain a lot about Zenit cameras. It turns out I own four Zenit cameras, <laughs> which for somebody who doesn't like them, that seems like a lot. Anyway, I got those out and cleaned those up. And one of them is not working properly. That's by the by. But I also dug out um, a 35mm. Now, Aid, I remember you had the, was it Cosmic Symbol camera? something about the way the lens was mounted it's, it's a fixed lens but yeah, yeah. Uh, something about the way the lens was mounted was skew if because it would only focus from about three centimeters to about 50 centimeters and, mm. and anything beyond 50 centimeters was was out of focus what more do you want what's what else could be interesting that far away anyway i've got I, do you know it, it was a lovely that it was a really nice camera to use yeah. um it just had that one in the case of the 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 example that i had it had that one fatal flaw which is you couldn't take photos of anything more than 50 centimeters away. yeah that is something of a problem i've got a cosmic 35 which is you know similar kind of thing um but a different model and uh mm. when i was using it ages ago the film rewind lever had just kind of come off and i went ah and it just got into a box of bits since then and it it prompted me to go I'm going to have a go at fixing this. And I got it out. And after quite a lot of time and cursing, I managed to get the thing back on. It was fairly straightforward in the end when I actually stopped, looked properly, thought about it. and um, But I also dug out from my box of cameras that had been just thrown in as like, you're not working, an old Pentax Spotmatic uh, SP1000, uh, which is a you know, nice Pentax SLR. I bought this uh, in 2012. Um, and... I don't. You might not remember it, Aid, but it's one that looks really battered because it. it I bought it for the lens that's on that it. Doesn't narrow it down no, much right. in your case. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I bought it primarily because I wanted the lens on the front of it. It's got a nice Pentax um, 
like 1.450 mil lens on it which is really nice uh, now that i do how i do recall us talking about a you know a, a, a lens that came with a camera in that yeah. sort of sense so yeah yeah and it was really battered and it, the camera looks like it's been thrown down the mountain and what made that particularly delightful was, was when i developed the roll of film that was in the camera one there were some grandmas on it which is always important for a roll of found film but also it looks like the pictures <laughs> were taken in somewhere like austria so that, that camera could very much have been thrown down the mountain <laughs> and Austrian um, grandmas. Austrian grandmas, yeah. <laughs> and I managed to, I took the bottom plate off and got some contact cleaner in. And I managed, because the, the problem with that camera was that the mirror was just, you'd fire the shot and the mirror would just stay up and wouldn't come back down again. So I seemed to have managed to free that off and that's all working. And following on from Jeff and Gabe's as well, I was like, oh, mm. like, the light meter didn't seem to be doing anything. Like, I'm going to take out, um, undo the battery thing. It was a bit gross in there pulled out the battery and um i one gave the battery compartment a really good cleanup with some uh, white wine vinegar that's really mm. good if you've got slightly corroded terminals get some white wine vinegar on the little um well those cotton stick things yeah um and give yeah. it a really good cleanup that's that gets rid of that stuff really well and that can make a big difference and the battery that was in there now i'm not sure if this was a mercury battery or if it was a replacement for a mercury battery that has also now been discontinued but anyway did you give it a lick to taste no i didn't <laughs> i did not do that but whatever it was this so it was a vata px sorry i now have to interrupt you again to say please people don't lick mercury things sorry no. i shouldn't have said that that's bad me. no you shouldn't shouldn't have said that don't lick them unless you want to see what they taste like in which case you do but <laughs> no, that, that's the only reason things. that that's acceptable no, no. <laughs> Um, just put it under your tongue and, your let it, <laughs> your tongue and let it dissolve slowly. Um, so anyway, there's this Varta PX400 battery in there, which has also been discontinued now. But the amazing thing is, I've owned that camera for nine years. I have no idea how long before then that camera was last in use. It could have been many years. It did not look as if it had been in active use before then. Whilst I've owned it, that camera has at one point been sat in a puddle. Bear in mind that the battery compartment is on the bottom of that camera. I sat it in the puddle to take a picture. It kind of filled up with water. Once I cleaned the compartment out, that light meter was still working with that mm. battery. That's so. Um, but I have taken the battery out because I think it's probably best to leave that out now. But yeah, mm. now I need I think, to. And store, I always used to store all my cameras with the batteries out. I mean, if I had one that I had an active roll of film in, I was using yeah. it and picking it up yeah. the other day or whatever, definitely leave the battery in then. But anything that I was storing, especially if they had no film in them, you know, for whatever reason, always take the battery out. Yeah, it, it doesn't take long, doesn't take long for that stuff to start going a bit icky. But yeah, I was just amazed that a battery that, let, let's say, is a minimum of 10 years old and has been put in the puddle and whatever... We're still like, no, I'll mm. fire up the light meter, I'll still work. Um, I mean, obviously, with cameras like the um, SP1000 and, you know, with my OM1 as well, all the battery is doing is powering the light meter. But mm. they are both cameras that were built to use mercury batteries. So, yeah, I need to... I, I also heard the thingy talk. Um, I need to investigate that because I need to get batteries for those. I don't think they both take the mm. same batteries because there's a few mm. different sizes of mercury batteries. It's all mm. a bit confusing. Although I did see the, the other thing that they talked about were the um, wine cells, the W-E-I-N wine cells. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw those on eBay, and um, I think you know most of those were about £6. And they said, oh, they should last a year of nice continuous current. I thought, actually, maybe that's the way to go, because particularly for my OM1 and also 
for my Canon Canonet um, QL17 um, that uses a battery you can't get anymore and mm. because that one is a camera that I might actually want to shoot on um, Aperture Priority then that would be quite handy having that working so so mm. yeah so that's been good to, like I said it, it, it's um, it has last week's conversation and the week before it has encouraged me to buy more cameras which is not great mm. uh, but it has also encouraged me to um pay care and attention to the ones that I got that yeah. needed it and start repairing some of the ones that are within my ability to repair. So that's a good thing, right? No, it, definitely. It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. I'm totally with you on the uh, buying buying double, buying two. Mm. I, do, I do that. I feel like if I get a camera and I really like it, I feel like I want to buy a second one just as a backup. Um, and I, I've always been like that. I've been like that with coats, so I've got a coat fetish and I've just got like duplicate <laughs> of everything. It's like, I don't know what it is, but I know, but it's totally cameras. Yeah. Cause you think, well, if anything goes wrong with it, the one, at least yeah. you've got a backup. So yeah. it's, some, it's some sort of like a security blanket for me, I think, and a, and a backup, but definitely, but I, I'm the same. I love well, it. Yeah, it can help in all sorts of ways, mm. can't it? Because you can have, let's say you want to have, you know, go out for a day and have two different film stocks. But if, yeah. you, if you have two cameras the same, uh, they're both available at any one particular time mm -hmm. and you can swap lenses between them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rather than have to carry two sets of lenses with you. So it, it does make a lot of sense in a lot mm -hmm. of different ways. Mm -hmm. The the one that, that most sticks in my head when you talk about this is um, when I picked up my uh, Olympus Mu 2, which I picked up again, I don't know how many years ago, let's say eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, for five pounds from a thrift shop nearby. Um, and I put a roll of film through. Stop I thought, showing off. Yeah, no, well, exactly. But I thought, oh, this is great. That'd be like that one pound Lomo LCA you bought. Mm. <laughs> Did you remember that day? Yeah. We went to, we went the, to the, the photographer's cafe in London and, and, and uh, you were shuffling through their one pound bin and you uh -huh. found a Lomo LCA. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was a bit grotty, wasn't it? But yeah. uh, but it uh, but you 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 put it and and I remember you were sort of you 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 didn't know whether to be really brazen about it when you went up to the till or whether you sort of hide it in a two in a, a little pile of two or three other one pound cameras, and and you I think you went with the the little pile in the end and 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 the guy picked it up and he clocked it and he looked at you and he looked at the camera and he looked at you and he looked at the camera and then he did something like go oh shook his head and put it through for a quid and oh was just, wow uh, yeah that was... it's like um on i dream of cameras isn't it jeff was saying he found a, an sx70 camera for 20 dollars, which yeah. is just like incredible yeah. although yeah. he did then have to pay to get it refurbished and working again which yeah. probably cost quite oh, okay. a lot more um but um, yeah anyway, unless... so no i was gonna finish by saying that um when i when i got my um because when i got the olympus mu2 like i said this was this was before mm. we did the podcast ages ago and i, I just thought, oh this is a really nice little point and sure i picked up this is great i love it put a roll of film through and thought oh, i love this but it, it's a mu2 it feels super plasticky it doesn't feel like it's going to last forever so i thought then i want to get another one of these went onto mm. ebay and saw that they were selling for like 60 pounds and thought <laughs> I'm not going to pay sixty pounds from the Olympus Mew too. I mean, boy, how much do I regret that feeling now? When you look yeah. and go, oh, it's going to be anywhere from 150 upwards to get one now. But so how much they are now? Wow. Yeah, yeah, they are. He who hesitates is lost, Graham. Yeah, yeah. but you never yeah. know though. Like trends are weird. I mean, I remember yeah. when we first started doing this that the um, 
one of the like, just different things come into popularity. Do you remember when we both had a uh, the Yashica Electro thirty fives? And at the time, they mm. were a really popular and really talked about. They camera. were a hot item. I remember, yeah. yeah, that, and I can tell you when it was because I shot a lot with that around Coventry when I was working in Coventry in, and that was twenty. 14 yeah so so sometime around 2014 yeah they they were yeah because they were like uh, they had a bit they developed a bit of a reputation as being a really affordable but actually quite good range finder yeah. and the, the lens everybody was raving about the lens which is a 1.745 i think isn't it uh yeah i think uh, so yeah um and and honestly the one i had had a uh, had a really nice lens on it yeah um you know so yeah um although they they quite a lot of them broke quite quickly didn't they they have this thing called the pad of death which is an electrical problem oh, that's right. yeah um, the electric. pad of death yes sounds good i'm not i, I need to look at because i'm not sure so um but they're a camera that nobody talks about now just nobody um no, but i point, i then. i picked mine up the other day because mine's just been on the shelf for ages because i started having problems with mine and um and there are issues with it, like you need to have a special converter for the battery and stuff like that. So, but I, I bought a converter for the battery at the time, so I opened it up, uh, like look at the battery, cleaned that all out, found a fresh battery to go in there, and it's powering up and it's lighting up, but it seems to have two speeds. Basically, if there's no battery in it or if it's getting plenty of light, it'll fire at one five hundredth of a second. If it mm. thinks there's not enough light, or it's the, then it's just basically the, the shutter opens fairly slowly and then won't close until you wind it on again i don't know if that's the pad of death thing or whether that's a lubricant thing but it's certainly oh, can't, beyond i can't remember actually yeah it's, it's, it's such a long time ago but yeah the the, the symptoms sound familiar yeah but that said though <laughs> uh, although it's limiting because you do have control of the aperture on that camera um when i first got it i didn't have the battery adapter so uh, I just took it out with a roll of HP5 and I knew that the shutter speed was one five hundredth of a second. So I just then used the aperture to compensate for that. So I could shoot, you know, if it, if it's bright and sunny, well, okay, I'm shooting at F16 and go down from there. And I've got pictures that I took with that first roll with it with no battery and I'm still on my dresser today, not dresser, sideboard today. You know, it's, it's still perfectly usable. You just have to work within the constraints and it's a nice camera. I think part of the reason it's fallen out of fashion is compared to things like the Canon QL17 and the um, Olympus XA and it's a big it's quite a big heavy range compared to those isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a proper all metal thing as well and it, yeah, yeah it's not a lightweight yeah. yeah but it's lovely like you said the lens on it is fantastic it's capable of taking some absolutely beautiful pictures so so yeah, um, should we move on actually whilst we're talking about uh, mm. eBay hunting and um, cheap cameras? Uh, catch up where we're at with the Cheap Shots Challenge. That seems like a good ah, link. Yes, um, yes, the Cheap Shots Challenge. So Definitely a... I'm well into the planning stuff. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Do you want to um, share what your plan is or is it top secret? Hush, hush. No, because so I can't actually, I, I can't talk about the plan because to talk about the plan would give away the thing and and mm. and, the th and the effect that I'm aiming for won't work if people know about it ahead of time. So um, I'm afraid I have to keep this one under wraps. Some. Um, uh, it, it, the, the element of surprise is, is part of what I'm aiming for here. Well, not not surprise uh, as such, but you know, if you know about it, it won't have the impact that I wanted to have. 
Mm. I, I'm intrigued because you said you're waiting for a certain Family. type of weather condition that you haven't seen in a long time. Like, what, what's it going to be? Lightning indeed, storms? Indeed. What's rainbows? it going to be? Yes, that's a very good question. Flying and pigs. I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you don't use it as an excuse if you don't get the weather condition to use. If you've made it such a rare weather event that uh, if it's not a hurricane, then I'm afraid I can't take this picture. Yes. The, 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 uh, the, the cliche I've chosen um, uh, is a good one. And um, the surprise element is that it, it'll actually be me modeling the itsy bitsy teeny weeny oh, little no! crocodile bikini. Oh god! Oh no! <laughs> Wash my brain out. <laughs> yes, you can't. See, you can't unsee that, can oh, you, listeners? <laughs> I can see his face when he said that as well. Oh man! <laughs> well. <laughs> No more eBay shopping for me. That money's going on counselling. Actually, um, I shouldn't have said that because whatever I do now, produce is going to be way less impactful than that. <laughs> I think that's fine. That's fine, Aid. Oh boy, Claire, moving oh so swiftly on. How are you getting on with yours? Um, actually, very similar to Aid. I'd forgotten actually. So Bikini. my sheet. I didn't shot... forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've stocked up on my Vaseline. <laughs> Oh, oh, bro. very similar to eight Good, so that's, uh, he's gonna cool. squeeze into that bikini with the help of vaseline <laughs> yeah. so um i've got that ready and actually yeah i'll have three cameras with me actually when at the end of the week because um i'm also on that very same day we'll be doing my cheap shots as well cheap shot challenge cool, cool. beans that's awesome mm. Um, I have been out <laughs> with my camera. Um, it's been pretty lame so far. I I kind of had a few ideas, but so far it's mostly a case of wandering around with the camera, just going, well, that's vaguely cliche. I have put a filter on it, um, which is probably not going to give me far off the effects of your Vaseline. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But what I've realised, I've had my Cheap Shots camera now for heading on for four and a half years. Mm. And... I and it's indestructible. So we went for a walk on Tuesday and um, it started do to rain. Do, do on we the need way a back. sad violin backing track? Regrettably for not. For this story. Is this, um, is this the, is this going to, what was, who was the radio one DJ who used to do the um, hour story or whatever oh, it was God, called? I know what you mean. Yes. But I know I cannot remember who it was, but I know what you mean. Simon Mayo. Yeah. No, sadly not. Um, I, I was walking along. It started to rain. I tucked the camera underneath my jumper to try and be helpful and keep it from the rain because it's always a camera. I care for it. And then I must have forgotten what I was doing, put my hand in my jumper pocket, and the camera just fell out and fell a metre oh, and a no. half onto the floor. Skadoof. And this oh. is a plastic body camera. Um, and I was like, oh, no. And I picked it up <laughs> yeah, and went... I'm sure you were gutted. And I picked it up and went... Oh no! And the camera's fine. Like I can't. I don't think there's nary a scratch on it. Now, luckily, it did have this um, Cocan filter on the front of it to take mm. a bit of the brunt there. But it's like it turns on, it moves, it focuses. So like okay, cool, cool, great. That camera's fine. It's a lifetime but, guarantee on those. You know, if it if it does fail, we'll just send it back to Olympus. They'll send you a new one. <laughs> what a horrifying thought. I, I, I went out for a walk the next day, though. I went for, mm. and again, I had the camera with me because I'm just I don't know why I'm walking up and down this same straight flat road every day. There's nothing's going to happen. But I thought, oh, I'll take it with me. You never know. <laughs> Maybe a, I don't know a, a herd of wildy meat, wildy beetles sweep majestically by. <laughs> um, and I was walking with it over my shoulder, and I was like. I can feel something not quite right. 
and I turned and grabbed the camera just before the strap slipped out the end. So what the one oh, wow. bit of the camera that obviously broken when it hit the ground was the latch holding the strap in. Oh. And so ah. I have taken these two near-death incidents as a sign. This is a sign that that <laughs> camera excuse. does. It's a sign aid that excuse. this camera doesn't <laughs> want to be with me anymore. Much though I love it, and boy do I have feelings about this camera after four and a half years. Um, I think it's time that me and that camera part ways. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I think. I think we should swap the next camera with the next cheap shot challenge. If you're fed up of your camera, we'll swap in the post. What Claire, is it do you know what you're saying? <laughs> do you know what this camera is? <laughs> no, but it'll be part of the fun. <laughs> well, what I was actually thinking, Claire, because I don't, to be honest, I think, I think the fugly maybe just needs to move on. Um, <laughs> so I think what I'm going to say, because this will hopefully incentivize listeners greatly or possibly... Can I people. name the new one as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> whoever wins the next round of the Cheap Shots Challenge can have that camera. I think that'd be a great prize, oh. right? <laughs> the, the Olympus wow. IS-1000. What a great camera. Um, it has lasted me all these years. It has not put a foot wrong. Um, and to be fair to the camera, it's a perfectly capable camera. It's just not one I've had any joy whatsoever from using, despite the fact that it's taken decent pictures um but uh, that is going to be the prize for this current round I'll, I'll throw in a roll of film as well because i'm good like that um mm. what a great prize so listeners if you have been on the fence before and, and if that hasn't pushed you firmly off the fence <laughs> um then please do get your entries in now i think we originally said we we're going to give it till the 28th but i think we're going to give it because we only had four mm. entries in so far so we're going to give it another week the subject is cliches you now know that the price and incidentally i know that i still need to sort out prizes for the previous two <laughs> there'll be analog one lamp out just getting that sorted soon um but ignoring that uh, if you want a chance to win this Olympus IS-1000, this fantastic jumbo-sized, fully-featured camera, I mean, it's practically a professional camera uh, that has been owned by a celebrity, <laughs> um, then you need to get your entry into sunny16podcast.gmail.com with the subject line, Cheap Shots Challenges, and make sure that the title of your pictures has your name and the camera and your film you're using in it. Um, I'm very excited about this. I'm even more excited now that I've decided that we're going to give the Olympus away as a prize. And... Um, that is, yeah. I have to concede, that is a fitting next phase for the camera's life. Yeah, Isn't absolutely. It? Yeah, it, it is. It is. Get pass it. Pass on the love. Yeah, I, I when I got that, I never thought I'd still be shooting with it four and a half years later. Um, and uh, and this thing is, it's not the camera's fault. The camera, I said, is more than capable. You've got full manual control on there. It's got a decent, if slow, lens on it. Um, it's got like multiple exposure. It's got flash built in. Mm. You can put a flash. It can, it can do so much. It's just so joyless for me to use. Has it got a motorised zoom? Yes. But you can still manually focus as well. Kind of. Mm. You, you're using it like you're using the motor to but it, you can also find focus manually. It's got it's a, it's an amazing camera. This could be yours. Um so you know, that's what a prize. And I will ship this 
anywhere in the world. I may live to regret that. I will live to regret that. Can but you afford the postage for something that weight? I have access to the Sony 16 <laughs> coffee fund, <laughs> so uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm filing the camera. Sony 16 can provide the postage. It is quite hefty. Um, so yeah, we have had some entries in. We're not going to talk about the entries tonight because we want to save that until we can do a video show so we can actually show the entries. But um, please do get entries in for that. So we've had four in, I think, three or four, four or five in so far, but we could definitely do with some more because um, it's such a great fun topic. So I hope we see more. Mm. Um, but we have had a couple of emails in as well. So should we do those now, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Who wants to take this first one from Bill 2? Uh, I've got to find the where, where's the where's the tab with the show notes on it. Oh, there's the tab. <laughs> right, sorry, I can I can do that. I'll volunteer to uh, go to, for it. Which is <clears throat> oh dear, it is quite it's quite a uh, a lengthy email. So uh, thank thank you, Bill. Right here we go. Dear Sunbeams, my fourth annual correspondence is a little early this year, but I'm hoping it will come with a gift of a zine to you all. Though as of this moment, I am still waiting to hear back from Abe <laughs> with regards to a mailing address. Ah, no, well, we've sorted that out. Thank you, Bill, for contacting me. I have sent you the Seascapes magazine. That's C, capital letter C, not, not the big body of water. Seascapes zine that a small group of photographers, including myself, contributed to. Alan Marr, at the Film Sweats on Instagram, put this document together out of the landscape images we made in 2020 largely after our release from the lockdowns in Sydney. This was an easier lockdown than for most on the global scale, and we have been relatively blessed down here, but I'm sure the emotions we had on coming out of home isolation were similar to everyone else's. The adage that constraint breeds creativity may have been proven in our groups coming together to create photographs that we may not have made in other circumstances. Some because landscape, landscape, <laughs> landscape was not our genre. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. Landscape, some because landscape was not our genre. Some because these locations were not where we ever normally shoot. And some, including myself, because we were previously solitary. I am proud of my contributions to the zine and stunned by the beauty of everyone else's work. Partly for the purposes of creating the seascape scene and partly looking to the future, Alan, Chris, Adam, Vince, Will, Adrian and I have now, not me by the way, have now called ourselves the Pixels and Grain Collective. And we have now also been joined by Chang. We have a website and a blog at pixelsandgrain.photo.blog, an Instagram account at pixels.grain and a Twitter account at pixelsgrain, all as one word. Chang also has a film photography YouTube account at Chang Liu. Please say hello to us. And if you like what you see, please also have a look at the Seascape scene, which is on MagCloud. So again, that's Seascapes, uh, capital C hyphen scapes. Uh, I guess MagCloud is searchable. And um, please also see Alan's blogs on the Seascape scene that eloquently expresses his experience that had led us to us banding together and creating his work and you sorry creating this work and you will find all our individual instagram accounts on the website too despite this seeming productivity though <laughs> we aren't aiming for too grand a thing we are simply hoping to continue the fun we found in meeting together for our hobby but perhaps with more mindfulness about what this may produce please also have a look at alan's other zine project of 2020 just published this month titled the covid sweats zine <laughs> 
check the Instagram account at the COVID sweats for more details. <laughs> That's <sounds> horrendous. <laughs> Um, uh, finally, I know the pandemic is not yet over and life is very tough for those dependent on human interactions for a living. My thoughts are with everyone in a difficult situation. I have tried to support artists where I can and hope others will too. Peace and love, sunbeams, and talk to you again next year. Bill 2 in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Bill. Great email. Lots of stuff in there. Sounds like, you know, uh, sounds like photography is therapy as much as anything mm -hmm. else. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot, a lot, a lot of us can can resonate with that yeah absolutely and um i have received my copy of the seascape zine uh it is lovely again this is a thing that when we next do a video show um i'll bring it on and we'll talk about it more again then because it's a bit pointless trying to talk about a zine when we can't cool. i'm looking forward to getting mine definitely yeah it's really nice yet. really lovely photography very well put together um an interesting collection of photographers and the pixels and grain um accounts are both well worth a follow um there's just really nice work shared on there and they're all really nice people as well so i would definitely recommend those and i'll put the uh links in um to the website in the show notes assuming i remember which is obviously <laughs> <laughs> Always. A bit 50 -50. Of a, yeah, I bet on a good day, 50 50. <laughs> um, okay, I'll take this next one if that's all right with you, Claire. And you can yeah, take it for okay. Um Dear Sunbeams, I really enjoyed episode 236, which is last week's show, but I probably shouldn't have listened. You and me both. Oh, sorry, this is from Richard Hall. I should have mentioned this is from mm. Richard Hall. Uh, um, I'm a bit of a fan of Russian cameras and didn't need any encouragement. As a result of you putting temptation in my way, my little collection, which is two Schminas, a Chaika half frame, Fed 2, mm. Zenit E, and a 1990s Leica LCA, oh, they're good they are, they only cost a quid, will shortly be joined by a Zorky 4. Oh, they're good they are, <laughs> we have to have two. Thanks for that. Can I humbly suggest that episodes likely to induce gas carry some sort of warning in future? <laughs> I'm, it has actually been quite hilarious to me because on Instagram, when we put a post out, there's been quite a few people going, I think I need a Zorky for them. <laughs> uh, never before have I felt so responsible for that, but anybody listening at least know that I also fell into that same trap. I was a little surprised that the little LCA didn't feature more strongly. I don't think Lomography get enough credit for the role they've played in the revival of analogue photography, and without the LCA there would probably be no Lomography. Mm. That said, it's a hard camera to love. It disappoints at least <laughs> as often as it delights, at least in my experience. Maybe it's just me. No, um, that's the that's the authentic Lomo experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so obviously, as we all know, I have a Lomo LCA, and it is a nice little camera. But yes, it um it is a little finicky. I think Lomography get, you know, we've certainly talked about the role they played in keeping the interest in analog alive during the real winter. Oh yeah, years, didn't a massive we? part of that. Yeah, and, and and credit to them for doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, absolutely. I do think that um. They helped keep the they helped keep things going when it was down and um, whilst I think that maybe could have been stronger in the when everything started building back up again, but they kept it going when it was really dead and I think that's hugely important and mm. um, and let's never forget that if it wasn't for Vladimir Putin, <laughs> then Lomography wouldn't have got going. So really, that's who we should be thanking. <laughs> It, you know, just it's not to be sniffed at. I mean, I I know I've had my my uh, ups and downs with Lomo cameras over the years, and and 
and yeah, no need to, to to go over that ground again there. But the fact that you know, ten years, no, maybe not ten years ago, uh, uh, some years ago, when when film photography was at a, a very much a low point, that you could walk into a shop dedicated to selling film and selling film cameras, you know, and you could just walk in. Well, depending on where you lived, of course, mm. but there were there were quite a lot of them at one point. Uh, my local one was in London. Um, and you could just, you know, there, there was a real shop there that was selling brand new yeah. film cameras. And mm. uh, yes, okay, you know, all other things aside, that's quite an achievement. Yeah, mm. yeah. Talking as we were briefly earlier about um, the trends and stuff, the LCAs actually are one of these things which have clearly, uh, I think they had a peak of being very popular and quite expensive and they've calmed down to more reasonable prices for what they are now. I think you can pick them up. Because sure they? Can... they were like 300 odd quid at one yeah, point. Yeah, don't ever they? pay that much for an LCA. Just do not do that. I think you can get them at a more sensible price now. So that's a good thing, uh, definitely. I mean, I think the, like, the 120 form is still silly expensive, but yeah, the 35 mil, not so bad. Um, continuing Richard's email. Changing the subject, I wonder if you've come across the archive of Argos catalogues at Retromash, and there's a link here which I'll put in the show notes. If not, I recommend having a look at it for a reminder of the time when Analog was the only show in town. The first edition in 1973, that's before I was even born, has a Polaroid Super Swinger camera for £4.95. My 10-year-old self got one of those for Christmas. Film is listed at 75p for eight picks. I bet you'd be quite happy to pay that price for Polaroid film now, Claire. Mm. Blimey. Do you know what? In those those days, that's a lot of money. 75 pence. Wow. Um, And I remember it being made clear (laughs) that this stuff was expensive and not to be wasted. It would be an interesting exercise to compare prices during the 70s and 80s in comparison with today. Something to do on a rainy Sunday afternoon, maybe. Other old gits might enjoy the nostalgia. In the event that I'm the only person who hasn't known about this archive for ages, quite likely if past form is anything to go by, please ignore this paragraph. I've never heard of this retro mash, um, and the idea of looking at old Argos catalogues is actually quite appealing. Um, so that's the thing I'm going to be doing. Uh, wishing you all good luck from Richard. Um, and then, uh, Claire, actually, I'm going to let you read, because you haven't had a chance to read yet. I'll let you read the follow-up email we had from Richard, and we can lead okay, on Okay, the from that. follow-up email. Okay, so the additional email. So, dear Graham and Rachel, um, just to say a heartfelt thank you for sharing your conversation on Sunny 16 Presents. I've come to expect many things from the analogue photography podcasts I listen to, and the Sunny 16 in particular. I've drawn sideways looks from passers-by more than once as I've reacted in one way or another, to the sunbeams, wit and wisdom while out walking the dog. What I've not expected, or would ever have predicted, is to find myself reduced to tears by such a brave and moving exchange. Absolutely. It's astonishing to me that Rachel managed to put in, an, put in any sort of appearance on the part time, but to share her vulnerability in such depth is a whole other level of resilience and strength of character. It was a most compelling conversation and a timely reminder that you never know what's going on in other people's lives. Thank you. Many congratulations to Rachel on the good news and my very best wishes. God bless, Richard. Thank you very much, Richard. Yes, thank you. 
in reference to a podcast, yeah. um, a conversation I had with Rachel, um, which was put out last week. I think it went out on Friday, Saturday, on Sunny 16 Presents mm. feed, um, talking about the last couple of years that Rachel's had, um, uh, which were pretty rough, pretty rough years um, going through yeah. uh, IVF and um, various traumatic experiences during that time. Um, and yes, if you want to learn more about that, you should go and listen to that podcast. But the important takeaway uh, and something which uh, I'm so excited about, <laughs> it's untrue, <laughs> is um, Rachel's pregnant. Rachel and Adam are expecting their first child and uh, it's amazing news. Um, and we're all pretty delighted here, aren't we, guys? Absolutely, definitely. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So... That's why she's if not here this evening, because she's been really, really sick. <laughs> she's had awful <laughs> morning through the entire day sickness um, since Christmas. Uh, and that's what's that's what's led to her not being here. But um, apart from the sickness, she's doing very well. Mm. And um, yeah, it's it's great news. And I just want to actually say, and, and Rachel's um, passed this on as well. We saw Rachel very briefly <laughs> looking slightly green before we yeah, recorded this. Yeah, <laughs> Um, <laughs> she just wants to say thank you so much to everybody who has reached out since the show went up last week um, to pass on well wishes to Rachel and you know just it's it's been hugely appreciated I think it's fair to say uh, it was yeah it was a, not an easy thing for her to do having that conversation mm. um, but it's been so nice getting the feedback from people and to the various grown men that have got in touch to say that they were blubbing in various places. <laughs> no, no, no sympathy. There was a content warning at the beginning of that show. You were told. You were warned. It's not my fault you didn't believe me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm just uh, so happy to be sharing this. It's so nice to be able to just tell you as well now, because, like I said, we've been <laughs> come making up excuses for Rachel for a while now as to why she's not been here. So it's nice to actually be able to just say, yeah, she's not here because she's busy feeling nauseous. That's a great reason, right? <laughs> Just, mm. I think we could do better than that, can't we? You know, you know, uh, uh, our our friend, you know, is 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 well ha happily now. Uh, well, actually, right, right as of this moment, she may well be feeling nauseous, but but celebration is the order of the of the day at yeah. this point. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, and especially so given uh, all of the hardships that Rachel and Adam have had to endure in the last couple of years. So, you know, our thoughts are with you guys, of course. Um, and and always will be and uh, yeah, um, fantastic to be able to announce it. Uh, are you, you, I, I'm just seeing the, the look on Graham's face as he had uh, as he was allowed to announce that. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him look that chuffed for a very long it's time. So. Such a relief, honestly. It's just such. <laughs> it's been just such a pressure valve for me. Um, and yeah, we're gonna have our first mini sunbeam. That I think. Yeah, but Sunday sixteen true. baby grows. True. So there's like there has to be a whole line of new gear. We use. Merch, merch, merch. <laughs> names. What, what, what do you think the name could be? Portrait or oh, portrait? Actress. See, my suggestion to Rachel <laughs> was that name. she could go with either uh, Olivia or Oliver, and then go with something like a, an M middle name. So Olivia Margaret. Brewster Wright, and then when it's a brief, it's, it's O M Brewster Wright. Or, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. great! Just go. This is O M one. She did not seem convinced by that. Um, <laughs> if, it, if it's a boy, can we call him Street Pan? <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> uh, that'd be such a cool name. It would be pretty great. I mean, I've just been referring like to it as Baby Liker throughout the whole time. I mean, Kodak's a great name. 
Yeah, I mean, Kodak. That's great, isn't it? Kodak. You get your own TV show and stuff a lollipop, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I, I mean, again, Tri-X. I said to try X. Yeah, <laughs> I suggested Ilford. I said, look, Rachel, name your baby Ilford. Maybe you'll get some free film from this. But again, <laughs> shot me down in flames. Yeah, what can you do? Some people. Um, but yeah, just all if around. If you have twin, dodge and burn. Dodge and burn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't believe she's not coming to us to give us all of these great names. It's mm. weird. It's really weird. Mm. Um, moving on from that, just very quickly, a couple of bits I just want to let you guys know about. Um, I don't know whether you two have had a chance to click on this link, but um, Michelle from um, Harmon Technology from Elford, our good friend Michelle, we spoke to a few weeks ago, she sent me a link uh, to this announcement will have gone live yesterday uh, or tomorrow for us, yesterday for you guys listening. And this is that Harman are putting out a new 35mm reusable camera. Uh, so we know there are quite a lot of 35mm um, plastic cameras out there at the moment. Mm. What makes this one a little bit more interesting is that this one actually is an automatic camera. It's, it is um, just nice. It's a basic camera. It's a, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It's still a basic plastic 35mm fixed lens camera. But this one's motorized, so it'll wind on, wind back when you get to the end. It also comes with a roll of 36 exposure HP5 film. Um, I think I think this is a great little camera, actually. I quite like this, and I think if I was going away somewhere and I knew that I was perhaps going to a location where I wouldn't want to take a camera I would be concerned about, this would absolutely be something I go for. Um, it's just, yeah, much like the one they released the year before last or whenever it was they did, you know... Um, have you guys had a quick click through to look at this? The easy I have, thirty. Yeah. No, I'm going I to have. have looks a look. like looks like fun. Um, yeah, it is. You know, uh, it, it's it's exactly the sort of thing you want in some of those situations you just described, isn't it, Graham? But mm. this, you know, you, you take it to parties, take it to weddings, you know, all sorts all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's really good to see you know another reusable camera as opposed to you know, yeah a, a single use one. Um, so so well yeah well done. Uh, for, for making it reusable yeah um, built in flash I have to say what I particularly like about it I mean the kind of, like I said I, I, the camera is not something that I think anyone's going to think oh this is going to be the ultimate camera for me but actually having had a look at how much point and shoots are going for on eBay I think for somebody looking for a first camera this could be a great stepping stone in I also really like so there's this thing so this is a Harman camera uh, um, I think Michelle and uh, Matt talked about this when they were on the podcast but they the company is Harman Technology. Obviously, the film is Ilford, but they can only use the Ilford name for film and paper. For film, yeah. So anything else they do, they can't use it. And um, the first Harman camera camera came out last year, and it was you know it was nothing wrong with the camera, but it wasn't particularly interestingly branded. They've done a really nice job with the packaging of this camera. It's just really fun packaging. I love the camera. is It's black and green. I really like that. Yeah. That's not crazy. It's kind of. It's 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 fun, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's 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 really nice. Uh, actually, I'm, um, I, I'm sure the time, but yeah, it's just it it has appeal to it, and you know, you can see it's aimed at a perhaps a, I'm not gonna say well, maybe a younger audience. It's aimed at a younger hipper audience than me. Um, but Graham, I really um, like it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just think about where you are at this time in your life. It's going to be aimed at a younger audience. Yeah, <laughs> true that. True that. Um, but yeah, just fun. And um, I, don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. You and I are of a similar age, more or less, aren't yeah, we? But, we yeah, we certainly yeah. are. Certainly, we're at the age in the age bracket where um, we'll be offered a vaccine soon. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Claire, have you had a chance to click through and have a quick look at this? I'm just, it's taking me to, I've clicked on a link and it's taking me to Urban Outfitters. Am I in the right place? Or? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know no, what link you've clicked on. Um, There's only one link at the bottom of the show notes. Where have yeah. you clicked on to get to Urban? <laughs> I've got a Harbour, Harbour 35mm reusable camera and film set. But it's There's a link at the bottom of the show outfitters. notes, Claire. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Like right down the bottom of the show notes. Anyway, um, it's just a cool, fun thing. And as Aid said, I think it's just great that Elfred um, Harmon are continuing to do more stuff mm. to remove the need to have a disposable camera. I'd definitely buy it to take it down the beach, something like that. Um, I would be more than happy if somebody bought me one of those. They're mm. pretty cool. They're pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's one of these ones that is gen. Yeah, the way it's set up, especially with AHP five, and it is a genuine point and shoot. It mm-hmm. is. You know, you know, look through the viewfinder click the button you know you don't need to worry about things like focus you don't need to worry Mm. about things like shut the speed or aperture Mm. or anything like that um uh, and uh yeah looking at the specs uh, i think whether or not to use the flash is within your control as well which is brilliant when you've got a film with as much latitude as hp5 because what you don't want necessarily is that flash your face look Mm. if you know Mm. the film has enough latitude to cope with it in the first place so, um, you know, I think that's, that's something that, I, that appeals to me as well, that you, you have control of whether the flash goes or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only other thing I just wanted to very quickly mention was that uh, her email, um, uh, when was it? It was a little while ago, um, a week or so ago, from a uh, good friend. I'm going to find the right place. Cause, uh, there we go. From our good friend, um, Justin Quinnell, um, the mm. he of the many mad things that he does. Uh, <laughs> just saying he's got, he's updated his website and got all his all his stuff up to date and all the stuff he's been doing on there. So um, again, I'll put the link in there, but if you go to www.pinholephotography.org mm. forward slash how to info, Justin does so much cool, inventive, crazy stuff. Um, you know, he he's never sitting still. Uh, he has so much energy. It's amazing. And um, his stuff is definitely worth looking at. And if you're just getting into Pinhole, then you, you absolutely have to go and check his stuff out. So please do go and do that mm-hmm. um, and see all of his crazy things like his eye skewer and uh, this actual reality headset a serial box obscura <laughs> so much stuff so much stuff um so i'll put the link in for that as well um cool what i i know we said i sense you're trying to wind us up Graham, but i gotta jump in with some real-time research that i've been doing um 75 pence yeah in oh 19, yeah in 1973 yeah equates to eight pounds now really gosh so that that's just inflation that's not any market supply and demand fluctuations that's simply the effect of inflation over that period of time and now it's base well depending what 20 um, pounds yeah depending what film you get it's sort of around 17.99 maybe 14.99 you know it depends but 75 pence wow I think yeah. I actually think that would be a really interesting thing to do. What Richard suggested: price comparisons of uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, I would imagine Polaroid would have been, you know, uh, a pretty high volume product at that at that mm. point Absolutely. in the early seventies. Absolutely. So yeah, they definitely would have had economies of scale available mm. to them. 
uh, and a whole load and a whole load of access to really cheap and dangerous chemicals to make the damn stuff in yeah, the first place yeah, right. which are now outlawed which are now outlawed and, yeah. and they wouldn't have had the cost of safe disposal of stuff in those days you could just mm. you know bang it in a barrel roll it down a hill into a lake couldn't you, in those days? <laughs> oh the good old days <laughs> oh gosh well now we're out of Europe we can be able to get back to that kicking barrels of stuff into lakes thank goodness Mm. Um, I mean I suppose Instax isn't much more expensive than that price now really you know instax is pretty good value for what uh, it is instax mini is about 75p a shot isn't it uh, i thought you're yeah. gonna say a pack then <laughs> no 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 so so, so but but it, so so if that was for if, if it was eight quid for eight that's about a pound a mm-hmm. shot isn't it in today's money mm. right so and i think instax mini is 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 around 75p i think mm. a shot and i guess because it gets bigger it gets a little bit more expensive mm. But that's another thing on eBay. I, I I sent you the picture the other night, and I some films just gone ridiculous oh, prices yeah, yeah. on e- eBay, hasn't it? A thousand pound for three rolls of thirty five <laughs> mil Kodak or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But um, some film, some people are asking way over the odds, aren't they, for some film? Yeah, but better, better go to Analog Wonderland than eh? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't. I mean, again, and I think anybody listening to this will know this. Don't, don't ever just pay insane prices on eBay because there are people out there who will mm. ask for ridiculous mm. amounts of money for film. I yeah, saw some stuff around. on there which was pretty horrifying. But then uh, it was particularly the Pro Four Hundred, um, no, the Pro, the Pro One Sixty, whatever, the one that just got discontinued by Fuji, and mm. there was somebody on there trying to sell that for uh, like over thirty pounds a roll. Um, and then Analog Wonderland got some fresh stuff in, and we're not selling it at gouging prices. So yeah. I'm all right. You might not get it, but just don't, don't be. Um, stitched up by scalpers basically and that is a great website isn't it it's like um it's like a sweet shop of um camera films (laughs) (laughs) anyway we should stop giving paul free advertising here pick a mix (laughs) we should probably should just because he's so good doesn't mean we should support him. Habit, yeah. yeah, true that, true that. Aid, uh, do you want to get us out? I think that's everything for this week, right? I think we've covered absolutely everything. Mm. And then some. I think we've done quite well to last as long as we did with the minuscule show notes <laughs> that we made. Well, it was mostly Manhunter talk. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, no, 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 don't apologise. But, yeah, but on, a, on a very serious level, watch that film. <laughs> Because you will learn. No, watch it from for, for the for the cinematography, yeah. and um, you'll feel inspired. I think that's the Claire Marie go. Bailey I, guarantee. If you're not, I, happy. I, increasingly, I increasingly take some of my photographic inspiration from cinematography. Mm, so, so definitely. I'm I'm to- totally with you there. Um, mm. And and I find actually I find in terms of my own enjo- I, I, I'm not sure I'd call it study, but in terms of my own enjoyment and exploration of, of other people's work, mm. uh, I, I I think these days I am leaning more towards cinematography than I am mm, towards photography. Definitely, but don't um, watch it late at night when you have to go to bed. <laughs> with a serial killer. <laughs> uh, what, what, watch, yes. watch something nice and friendly like I don't know yeah. the fly instead or yes. something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah, no. It's a great film. Great film. Cool. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, we have been the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, or at least, I suppose, seeing as this was supposed to be the hostful show, we have been three-fifths off the Sunny 16 <laughs> podcast. Uh, and uh, and I hope you feel that three-fifths is sufficient <laughs> because that's all we got this week. <laughs> um 
well there you go we are available on the internet because uh, because it isn't these days lots of links in the show notes um uh, if you're listening to this you've already got hold of that uh, the, the show at least um and but please come find us on sunny16podcast.com would be the first place to start um mm-hmm. i was looking through there earlier and just noticed the you know previous rounds of the cheap shots challenge so um you know the, there's a lot to live up to every round mm. the, the content uh, is is uh, not the content that's a terrible word isn't it i um the 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 uh, quality of the submissions mm. for some mm. uh, for, for cheap shot challenge always mm. a joy um so please do join us in that we will play you out now with uh rachel's band rocker uh and you can get their album promises i should have kept uh in Bandcamp and uh itunes and some other places i think spotify now as well i mean yeah. i know we do this every week yeah. and i know i have a mind like a sieve um uh, so but, but we will play you out with them and uh yeah so thank you very much it's been an honor and a privilege as always and goodbye bye Good night.